This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound. Terjana Hall looking for 500. He shoots. He scores. Brad Hall, number 500. Oh, unbelievable oh, save by Jake Allen. Tarasenko in the clear. He scores. And now here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Hello, Blues fans. Welcome to the Thursday morning edition of your St. Louis Blues NHL podcast. I'm your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Let me welcome in my, uh, boy, they got shit-ass eating grins on both their faces. <laughs> I'm going to start over here with Darren Kimball. What's going on, buddy? Oh, I just I just picked up the text here and looked at this clown's up there. Oh, no. I, I didn't know the last seven were about me, so now I got it. <laughs> Mr. Rivers, how are you? Good. I'm good. I'm excited. Full uh, house. You know, a little bit nervous here today, but... Uh, uh, you're nervous? No, not really. But I was going to say, it's impossible. You guys play in, you know, in, in arenas all over the world in front of 17,000. We got three people in studio with us today, and you're nervous? I don't believe it. I find it hard to believe. Well, ordinarily, though, like in front of 17,000, I really never had to do anything. I just had to sit on the bench. <laughs> and here I actually have to do something. So Now, that's not true. <laughs> well, you not. both have spent your whole life bringing people out of their seats, and they'll just stay in their seats here today, so that's not too bad. Well, hey, we're happy to have you guys a part of the uh, the show today. Um, you know, I've got a lot of people, though, Jamie, that are really not happy. I, they're so happy about the Blues, but they haven't had a Jamie's Piss segment in so long they don't know what to do. No, I, mean, I this know. Is, this is unbelievable. So, I don't know, are you, any anything going on in life maybe you're pissed about? Well, I'm kind of pissed at your behavior yesterday. Oh, here we go. I knew I mean, it. I knew day, we like, weren't going to get away like, from this. I knew it's it. not a whole Jamie's pissed. Like, Kimby can jump in on this, but oh my God. Yesterday, I thought, like, <laughs> you were going to quit. You were going to do this. You're stomping your feet. You held your breath for, like, over a minute. You were here like, we go. The temper it. tantrum was incredible. It was not a temper tantrum. It was. You know, hey, Crumbs. I'm just, I was just know, Kimby, trying to tell you what was going on. He tries you start to bring things in into the show yeah. and all that. Is this and a then, hockey show or a psych- psychiatrist? <laughs> well, I'm worried about you. <laughs> all right. Like, it, within three texts, you were quitting, and no, I wasn't uh, there quitting. was tears coming no, from my phone. Quitting. I don't know how you sent that emoji that created real tears no. on my phone. You know what? You can kiss my ass. Just like uh, you look could at, Now he's hey. going to walk out of the show yeah, again. Don't yeah. start name-calling, because he is correct on this now. Yeah, that's oh, right. Because okay. I went from my car into a store, and I come <laughs> out, and there's 17 damn text messages on there, and then all of a sudden I see your little bow out segment i go holy christ where have we gone here 
Can, can we talk about the Blues? Yeah, we I mean, can. there's a lot of really good stuff. Well, to you talk said about what's Jamie pissed about? I'm pissed about right. your behavior. Well, I'm pissed at you. Yeah. How about that? Man up, would you? You man up. Jesus Christ! A little bit of adversity. Never made it in the locker room, Crohn's. Holy moly! Oh yeah. Imagine that. Even 16 guys just firing knives over his way. Especially once you in the shower. Look out! Oh, well, that's the thing. I'm not going in the shower with you. I can promise you that. That's the thing. He wouldn't have been going. He'd have waited until everybody left to go and just slide in. Yeah, why Everyone, try? Everyone's at the shower and he's in the hot tub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Must yeah. be cold in here, eh, Chromes? Hey, uh, the people that are with us, you see why I wanted other people in here? I'm tired of all this abuse. It's just me that takes all this abuse. So I thought I'd bring some other people and let you uh, abuse you them. You come by it honestly this week. Um, man, it is true, though. I mean, honestly. The, the fans like they're waiting almost for something I, I i don't know like is something else going on in the nhl maybe you could be upset with anything um no not really i mean the officiating, the officiating anything again, well, that, the oh, okay all right like, see let's get on the zebras but you can only go to the well so many times <laughs> like let's be honest where the refs was, suck where was that at uh, and it is what it is they had a game this week and i saw on tv there's a whole section of guys in, in uh, referee uniforms where was that was that florida was ottawa was it ottawa ottawa yeah that was, had, that was pretty uh, neat there all referee jerseys and they were chanting let's go refs <laughs> let's go refs creative little buggers yeah, i'll tell you that pretty much good. pretty good Speak, but, speaking of ottawa in Colorado and yeah, now Nashville, as what man? That, I, I think I'll be interested in how that goes because uh, you know Joe Sackick and you know I played with Joe in Quebec, great guy, uh, phenomenal player, and, and you know he's had a tough go of it out there in Colorado. He, he's taken over and they've struggled a bit, but this guy, you know, he, he waited it out, and I I'll be interested to see what the return here is. Well, he got a ton of return. He did. He got a ton. Like, even if so. it doesn't pan out for him. Like, even if he doesn't, like, yeah. so, so, or shouldn't, let me rephrase that. Even if not all of it pans out, yep. like, he's got something in that group that's going to work out. Like, yep. he got he got active players. He got, you know, minor league players. He got draft picks. He really kicked it ass all, on this It almost reminds you, if you go back in history, you know, the Eric Linderos deal, where, you know, well, they give the whole farm. 100%. Out. And Joe Sackick was in Quebec yeah. when that deal yeah, happened. Yeah. So... Uh, you might have been there yeah. too, and then well, I, I just left, but then then and then Colorado goes on to win, you know, Quebec Stanley moves, Cup. and then they go on to win the Stanley Cup a couple of years. But so maybe this is the start for that franchise to get going in the right direction here. Well, I think Colorado is the winner on that deal long term. Yep. Okay. Second place goes to Ottawa. Yep. Reason being is they get an elite forward, a centerman, which they need desperately, and they're only married to him for another year. So if he comes in and he shits the bed in any shape or form, you know, they can be like, ah, take care, give the old casino good luck stare, you're out of here. Whereas Nashville got suckered into this thing with Turris now, who, who's played well in Ottawa, but I don't think he's a yeah. $6 million player. Like, holy crap. They signed him to that, though. That's, six yeah. years, $6 million, so $36 million. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. You're committing that to Kyle Turris? Yeah. Like, the only reason, like, the big fish in the little pond theory holds true in so many things in life, but especially in hockey where you have a team where there's nobody else to go to, so you become the go-to guy in that situation. And so he's thrust into all the, the, you know, the prime ice, the good power play time, the five-on-threes, the overtimes. So, yeah, he's going to put up numbers while he's there. But, shit, you take him out of that environment and you put him into the second line where he's going to be second power play, you're going to see a massive drop-off in this guy. And it's not that he's a bad guy or a bad player. He's just not a number one player, and he shouldn't be paid like that. And I like how the how the turnaround comes real quick. Cause aren't they over in Finland now? 
Isn't that where they're playing these exhibitions? Oh, here we go. Kimby with his fight. I don't know. I don't know. I know they're over there somewhere. Budapest. Where are they? They're in Sweden. They're in Sweden. But they're playing each other, Colorado and Ottawa, back to back. Yeah. So that's kind of the trait. Just turns around that quick. So you get your revenge, sort of. Hopefully, you get your revenge right in a hurry. He'll be flying. Yeah. I mean, trades, it's amazing what they do to a guy, especially right away. Like the adrenaline is pumping so much for your first two, three games that doesn't matter how tired you are, how bad things have been going. Like, Every time I got traded, which was a lot, okay, <laughs> the, time, the next couple games I went in there, and I was lights out. They all thought, holy shit, we stole this guy. <laughs> then a week later, it calibrated itself, and I got traded again. <laughs> is, the, uh, is the tourists a reaction to them missing Neil more than they thought? Uh, well, yeah. You know, look, they want to try and win it this year. They got right to the finals last year, and... Anybody who watched any hockey whatsoever in the world saw just what the hell goes on in Nashville when your team goes deep in the playoffs. And so the ownership, the management, like David Poyle, let's let's focus on him for a second. For the first, what, 10 years of his tenure as a GM did nothing. He literally sat there, and he had the most mediocre team every year. Barry Trotz was coaching there. He never upgraded anything. He just kept status quo, didn't spend money. And then all of a sudden he woke up one day and he says, you know what? I'm going after P.K. Subban. And he traded Shea Weber. Like, holy shit. Then he follows that up with, he trades Seth Jones for Johansson. So that's another big deal. Now he's in the mix for this one. Like, uh, this guy, I don't know what's going he on. In, he was in Washington. Wasn't he in Washington before that? He was. And he, he made some big big whoppers out of there, too. Like getting Yeah, the but his first boys, 10 yeah. years in Nashville, he did nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, real vanilla kind of managing. Yeah. And now he comes in, he's making these big splashes with these trades, and it, it's you can tell that he's going for it. You can tell that the ownership, the community, that everybody thing in Nashville thinks that they have a team that can yeah. do it. They do have the goaltending. They do have the depth on D, and now they have depth up front. Yep. So, I agree. I, you know, I wish they still had Mike Fisher in that lineup. I saw him the, last night on TV. Yeah, he's looking good. Yeah, he's on lucky the guy. Awards. Hey, lucky guy. The wife was looking better, but he was there. Yeah, he's Mr. Yeah. Underwood now, He's right? overachieving right. for hey, sure. Way above. <laughs> he's way overachieving, above. as we all are. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if Mike Fisher was there as a third-line center, like, yep. holy crap. He right? was sort of like the leader of the ball game too, though. So they, I don't know if, they get, if they're replacing that. They got to a rough start there in Nashville, and then I think they're coming around now, though. Yeah, well, they got Scotty Hartnell there, and yep. he's making himself comfortable again in Nashville. They'll, so they'll be rec- they'll, You'll be here from down the road here. You'll, yeah, yeah, they're not going to go away no, quietly. No, no, no. But our Blues have uh, put it on some people here and uh, continue to win and continue to pile up the wins early in the year. And I know sometimes we get to the end of the year and we look back at the rough stretches. So right now, that's not what's going on. So hence the no Jamie's pissed and hence the Blues sitting atop the Western Conference. And it's a nice day. And Although we've uh, fallen a point behind Tampa Bay, I'm sure we'll all take where we sit right now. So uh, we'll get into a little bit of the, 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 New, the uh, New Jersey game and then look ahead a little bit. Before we do that, we want to remind everybody, make sure you're checking us out at bluesnhlpodcast.com. It's where you can listen to the current shows. You can listen to back episodes. It's the easiest way to subscribe to the show. It's completely free. You'll get a notification on your uh, mobile device when the show is ready for you to listen. Uh, at your convenience, of course, it'll be uh, ready to go. 
uh, our social media sites is what our our main ask of you guys is if you'll follow us on twitter we are at blues nhl <clears throat> i'm sorry we're at stl blues podcast and we're at nhl show facebook of course is blues nhl podcast and we are now on instagram blues nhl podcast show our ask there is that you follow us on all of our social media sites get engaged in the conversations and of course if you see the show shared through there if you guys would share it just in an effort to reach all of your friends that are blues fans we would greatly appreciate it special thanks goes out to lineupmedia.fm the fastest growing podcast company on the planet uh, they take your entertainment time very seriously the world's changing and, and how you listen to things is just as much you want to listen to what you want to listen to how you want to listen to it and when you want to listen to it check them out lineupmedia.fm Special thanks to our producer, Brian Kroc, and associate producer, Andrew Allen, for all the work they do behind the scenes. Um, let's, get, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the New Jersey game. And while we do that, I want to bring in our, uh, you know, at times we go through this and we'll bring a fan in. Uh, we have a, a friend of ours that um, does a lot of, uh, has done a lot with hockey, especially youth hockey and when he was a little bit younger. He was a hell of a player himself. Um, but he's still involved, like loves the blues. His whole family's a hockey family. His father's in the uh missouri hockey hall of fame he's an unbelievable coach um i know darren uh it knows him rather well jamie i'm not quite sure if you know his dad or not but uh but this gentleman i had the opportunity to play high school hockey with well i played he dominated so that was a little bit different um but he's a really good hockey guy good hockey mind and he does a great job promoting us in the facebook forum so we thought we'd bring him in and let him spill his beans a little bit in here but let's welcome to the show todd hennister hey, hey. All right, thanks, JC. <laughs> hey, um, so I don't know. Uh, have you ever had the opportunity to meet his dad, Jake Hennister? Uh, you know what? Probably in passing, but I, uh, yeah, I to see him would ring more of a bell. I'm not real great with names. Yeah, I've been hitting the head. A Neither few am times. I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't steal Kimby's thunder. I don't. Well, the thing is, I don't even try to pronounce them. <laughs> Kimby tries to battle his way through it. He's like a salmon swimming upstream when he's <laughs> At least he names. tries. If he I does. see a name, I don't know. I just skip past it. I'll, we'll talk about something else. But at least he gives it an effort. I, I'm sure at some point I, I've met your father. There's no way that I haven't. I mean, well, I mean his too dad many was rinks in, and the hockey world's too small in St. Yeah. Louis. He was a it's hell a of a hockey coach. hockey community. Yeah. yeah. And Darren, I know, had the opportunity to uh, get be off your phone, Kimball. I'm listening to you guys. Like I'm no, right. I'm it's good. not going to work for you like my kids. Oh, I go okay. around the room and they got their eyeballs stuck no, in I'm their good. phone. But no, he was a really, still is a really smart. I, I, his stories about his dad, we'd be at Todd's house and the Blues game would be on and he'd be dissecting the game on TV. Like, see this, this is always, you know, he was that kind of guy. So the greatest story ever, though, is Butch was a dominant hockey player in high school. I think, didn't you go to like an Olympic thing and you were the only guy there without an agent? Yeah, I went to two Olympic tryout camps, uh, one in Colorado and one up in Michigan. Yeah, and you're the only you were the only guy without an agent, weren't you? The greatest story ever, though, is the Granite City Ice Rink. You've been there. It's it's like in January, it's minus five, whatever. His dad has never worn sleeves. He wears short sleeves everywhere he goes. So we're we're playing against. Oh, I somebody. thought you say he went like the cutoff sleeves, oh, like no, suns no, no, out, guns that. out type no, thing, no, you know. No. But the best thing is his dad would always stand behind our, our goal. And he, you know, he would. He loved the game. He'd stand there and cross his arms, and he'd yell at Butch. We call him Butch. He'd yell at him a little bit. And one game, he skates over to the referee and says, "Hey, this guy behind the the thing here, he, he's running his mouth. Let's get him out of here." And this referee comes over and kicks him out of the game. <laughs> kicks his own dad out of the game. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. that's a that's a that's veteran a move right there. 
That had to get you some points at home. No, not, I didn't go home that evening. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I wouldn't his, have either. When he went to the Hall of Fame, what was his title? What did he go in as? Uh, coach. He coached Afton youth and all the way up. So he coached for almost 35 years. Kimby, you want some fucking symbols over there? He's got there? some hard like, candy in his pocket there. there. You're I, I, through. I, I got a bit of a tummy flu, so I can take a candy <laughs> right Jesus, now. you're like my kids. You got your nose in your phone. You're rummaging through your you're pockets. Start, you're you starting to piss me off. See? So See? See? Here we well, go. You know, it was like somebody crinkle up uh, bubble wrap. I'm good now. I'm good now. So, um, but yeah, your dad coached the Afton Americans, which was one of the junior programs around here for a while, and then he took a lot of those teams up north. That was before these guys really got going. The programs that they did, you guys were kind of the first pioneers of that when you would go up there. So, it was interesting when you used to do that. I mean, everybody was in awe of what you guys were doing. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that was long before we had AAA and things like that. We were just taking normal youth teams up to Canada and Chicago and playing in tournaments against the big boys and they never knew who we were until we beat them and then they didn't know what hit them. Yeah, I bet they are pissed then, right? Oh yeah, definitely pissed then. They were trying to get things started for the St. Louis name and hopefully we built a little bit and, you know, kids nowadays are being drafted in the first round left and right, so. Yeah. it's um, The credit, honestly, you know, and I was talking last night to a couple people down at Scott Trade, uh, some of the people who work there and you know like the credit goes back so much farther than even just the retired guys who stuck around it's people like your father and, and people like yourself who had some success and went out and kind of spread the word for St. Louis and there's so many people that were I would call them pioneers but were the driving force to make sure that St. Louis got started in a direction of playing hockey and and after that yeah we had guys stick around and and be a part of the program, former Blues players and NHL guys and all that. But without the original guys who actually, like you said, wanted to go up there and show the world that St. Louis is playing hockey, without the original guys doing that, we maybe wouldn't have gotten to the point of where we are now. You know, because it's it's amazing how it takes a while to to get that presence out there. And then once you're out there, then retired guys like us, well, we'd notice, oh, shit, well, this program's doing really well here. We'd like to be a part of that, you know. But if the program hadn't continued or let's say it stopped or wasn't doing well, guys may not have stuck around to do that. So it's really hats off to you guys who got it started. Well, you uh, you you know, you played as long as you could. I know you had a, a pretty rough knee injury that kind of forced your hand and you wound up actually playing baseball in college. But when you come back, you, you put on the stripes and have done a lot of roughing over the years. So we, we like to beat up on the roughs a little oh, bit. So don't no. take it personally, all right? He's a ref? Oh, no. yeah. I, I've got a thick skin after 25 years of refereeing. Have you ever refed one of my games? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Did you uh. ref the alumni game when he had three points and dominated the Chicago Blackhawks at Bush Stadium and threw a feather pass to, to, to Peter Stasny? <laughs> Did no, you ref that I, I, game? I was not able okay. to do the right. alumni. The alumni I'm game just reminding everybody that he dominated the alumni. Game. I like yeah, that you remind people. I of do. That. That's Thank my you. that's my Thank lot you. in life. Yeah, so my usually my reputation with the referees is I'm kind of hard on them. I don't, you know, I don't know why that would be, but <laughs> were you? Uh, are you part of the Granite team? Were you you part of that team that went over there to the Scott Trade and um, went for the championship? Were you? Were you Correct. Part of that? Yes, Correct. I was a freshman that year. So before that, you start, uh, before you start though, let me let me finish. So I know a lot of these guys around here, like Chromes and Todd and these guys and. They'll always come back to tell about this one team in Granite City. Because I, I coached the high school team later about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And we had a pretty good damn hockey club. And But they always come back. Everyone, you walk around Granite and you always hear the story about this one team that went over there and t- took on the big boys. So now I'll let you proceed with that story, sir. Yeah, so I was a fr- uh, freshman the first year we made it to the finals against DeSmet and uh, had upset one of the top teams in the semis, uh, Parkway Central. 
That's a pretty good story how that happened because uh, there was a brouhaha. Was there not? Yes. There was a big fight, and like a couple of their better players got oh, kicked out of the game. Oh, my money's on the Granite City kids. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, uh, that, Ray, that involved Bob. Mr. Ray Romine. Ray Romine and Matt Lobb. Yep. Uh, Matt initially slashed the goaltender's hand after the whistle, and then Ray came in and cleared out about three of them. Which he could do. Um, and then the next thing, uh, their bench cleared in front of ours, <laughs> and our coach inexplicably held our bench so the five of us on the ice had the entire team um <laughs> so i'd have been throwing kids over the board <laughs> well it worked out for them because two their two top players got booted and you guys wound up beating them in a three-game series that is correct like that is uh well a true I statement like well i know you love to talk blues hockey so let's get a little let's get into it a little bit here um uh, we talked a little bit on monday about not overlooking this new jersey team uh, surprisingly starting out really well and you could see it in their game they they skate really well and, you know, for a while there, not much going on, and then all of a sudden, bang, bang, you know, we, we pick up the goals. So your thoughts, start with you, Jamie, on the game. Well, yeah, you know, New Jersey plays a real good brand of hockey now. It's changed. It's not like it once was, and we touched on that on Monday. They're, they're not this trap team. They're not this defensive team. They've got speed, and they go for it, and they move the puck, and they advance the puck, and they push the pace, and their D are involved. Uh, the butcher kid is involved on all sorts of plays, and, so you can't take them lightly, and they've got the goaltending to support that style of play with Corey Schneider. So, you know what, the Blues did a good job of feeling it out and getting to know their opponent. They got behind early, um, but then after that, like that, that Shan Tarasenko-Schwartz line, like I, I don't know how to stop them right now. Every time I look at the scoreboard or the box scores, these guys are in on almost every friggin' goal. So it's amazing to me. Uh, how they're continuing to do it, how they're not drawing more coverage. And, but at the end of the day, like we talked about, is Tarasenko is doing more. Like he's engaged physically in these games. And I don't mean running around hitting guys. What I'm saying is he's engaged where if he doesn't get the puck, he's back-checking, he's involved, he's supporting the play, he's getting back and, and covering guys where in years past he hasn't done that. And you can he would kind of disappear throughout the game if he didn't have a lot of puck touches. You're not seeing that right now. And I watch him, watch him very closely, and he's involved. He's the F1 in on the forecheck. Like, he's in hunting. Now, he's not running guys over or demolishing guys, but he's creating puck separation from that guy. And then with Schwartzy, who's so quick, and Shen, who's physical as well, these guys are hounding pucks. They're getting the, uh, the, time, the possession time down low. And because of all that, all three guys are really involved in the game. And it, if you're a star player... Sometimes you have a hard time being involved at all times because most of the time you just want the puck. But Vladdy's doing a good job of keeping the intensity up the whole game just because he's engaging the opponent in several different ways. I, I was it was kind of interesting when you're the the game when you're New Jersey before the game even played Chrome or not Chrome's our ribs. They were coming off a long road trip, and and you've been through this process. We've gone out and played six seven games on the road, and you come back, and it's like. Oh, here we go. We're at home. Maybe this thing can just get over with, you know, and we can get through the process because we're used to playing on the road now. And it was almost like New Jersey was talking themselves into, you know, okay, well, so if we lose a game, who cares really? You know, we're, we're, we've been this, we've gotten our excuse now. And that was coming from their goaltender saying that. You know, he was the one that's saying, you know, we're coming out here. Whether it was a bait game that he was playing, you know, trying to set him up for it, I don't know. But the Blues are playing as a team right now. So they, they were set up perfect to walk into this thing. And, uh, and then your big guy, the, the trade that you make with Shen, the, what he's doing right now, you know, it's just uh, 
you know, the naked through. pictures of Hextall. Yeah, yeah, I know. Is that what you found out? We put you on the case. Not, he's not completely naked. Okay. Because <laughs> everybody, because the whole city is trying to figure this out. Todd, I'll come to you on this. Um, you know, obviously they, you know, uh, Jamie brought up the the Tarasenko, Schwartzen, those guys tops in the leagues in plus minus. I don't know if you put a lot of faith in plus minus. Nope. Um, not really. Not really. But uh, not less are good. Not, <laughs> if they're good. It's a great yeah, stat. If I'm a plus player, it's a great stat. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, your thoughts so far. I mean, you've you know, I I, know, I don't think you were a big Latera fan, judging by the things I would see what? post from time to time. Okay. Well, my nickname Farm was Laterable, so <laughs> that would give you where I stand on him. But the trade itself was outstanding. Uh, we got a physical f- first line center. We've been hunting for a first line center for a long time. Uh, my takeaway from the New Jersey game was the third period they played, whether New Jersey was wearing down. But in the past, we've been sitting back and, and letting teams take it to us in the third period when we have the lead. That wasn't the case against New Jersey. We took it to them in the third period, and that was by far the best period they've played in, in, in a long time. Well, I'll tell you this, and the difference in style is coming from Coach Mike Yo. Whereas Hitch would have guys in the past where you had your F3, your high guy, and your D, and like, we're not going into danger areas here, guys. We're going to keep the play in front of us. We stay above the puck. I mean, we've all heard the things that Hitch would say to the media and in the press conferences. What Mike Yo is preaching is, and and we can see it because Joel Edmondson and Petrangelo and Pareko and, um, you know, all these other guys are being involved in the rush on a regular basis, right? So what's happening is their F3 is playing so high and doing such a good job that they're able to activate the defense throughout the entire game. And what happens then is you continue to move forward with your play. Because if your D are moving forward, the play is moving forward at that point, which means it's going away from your net, right? And the rule of thumb is if we're down by their net, we're not near ours, right? So at that point, by activating the D, by having the high forward and having five-man unit who know what's going on and that they're coming back through the middle of the ice, it allows the Blues to keep their foot on the gas is what it is. It's it, it's nothing special. It's not this like crazy strategy. It just allows you to be moving forward. And when you're moving forward, it's hard to sit back and get caught in that safe as death kind of zone, right? You would have really enjoyed playing in that with the style the way you used to skate, right? I would have loved to play the NHL now for sure, yeah, because the D are activated you know, all the time. If you can get in the play, you're a part of it, and then it's on the forwards after that to not just stay back, but they fill in as that defenseman. And now you've got a guy who's up on the rush who nobody's quite sure who's supposed to take him. And then the offensive zone, especially when you've got a D that drops down into the offensive zone off of the blue line, it's a little bit of a mess for a second to identify who's got him, you know, where is he going, and then you got to rotate players in certain areas so that the coverage is there. At some point, there has to be an exchange between two guys because nobody plays man-on-man anymore. So the exchange has to come where if he's coming down the wall and he comes right to where the middle, we'll call it the border, between Kimby and I, I've got to make sure that Kimby's got him, and i got to yell switch, and i got to make sure that he's hearing me and that his guy's coming back into my area. If not, now you end up where you got two of their players down in his area, I've got nobody, and now you're creating offense, or at least chaos. And at that point, you can usually you know, maintain puck possession. It'll, so It'll be interesting because the way, you know, and, and what the game he's describing right now, Tampa Bay, they got the defenseman to jump in the ballgame. L.A., they got the guys to jump in. <laughs> Ottawa. And, 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 yeah, so all the top teams are playing this. My, the question that's going to come arise, and, and you know Rivers as well as anybody, once you get to that final stepping stone where the playoffs come, 
the, the game gets a little different, and now that guy jumping, does he get caught? You know, does it? Because it's only going to take one goal in the playoff. But game. the way I look at it right now is they've got the structure right now to support that style of play. Yeah. So as the games get more important, the onus will be even more on that forward to be in his spot. And so hopefully by then, after 80 games, he's able to recognize that, yeah, he's supposed to go, and the communication will be there. Yep. You know? So I'm thinking that the style of play continues. Uh, we're seeing uh, Petro evolve and Edmondson evolve, like right underneath our noses here. It's amazing to watch them go. And hard to say, oh, Petro's evolving because he's been in the league for so long. Yeah. But he is. He's brought a whole new piece of his game to the table. So I think this is going to benefit the Blues tremendously. The Penguins have played that kind of game for the last couple of years. They've got Stanley Cup rings. L.A. played it with Drew Doughty. They got Stanley Cup. Chicago, I mean, need I say more? These teams that are able to do it are winning Stanley Cups. See, that's how we played in high school, but it was only because Todd was our best player, and he had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. It was because you couldn't skate backwards either. No, I couldn't. I I could barely skate at all. Shooting the puck wasn't a problem, but it was the skating. Uh, what Todd, you were is, obviously... Is there, is there a fucking bee in the room, or is that just my headphones doing it's that? It's your headphones doing it. Right. So, um, so, Todd, you were, you were a, 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 a tremendous defenseman. We've talked at length on the, the show here about the, the defense and their role in this. What are, you know, what are you saying? I'm loving the new rookie Vince Dunn. I mean, he is unbelievable. They told his... him to get a place too, by the way. So yeah, he's, he's out apartment shopping yeah. today. He's, but in, he's in Jamie's basement, guys. You didn't know that. <laughs> I'm mentoring the kid. <laughs> what are you mentoring? I'll have him out of the league in oh, no time. No. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to drink beer, uh, Red Bull, stay up all night. This he knows guy... how to serve alcohol behind the bar. <laughs> yeah, boy, oh boy. Yeah, but no, this Dunn kid, he he's for real. Um, His outlet passes are awesome out yeah, of the back end. Tape to tape. I mean, three, Quick. three zones. His uh, foot yeah. speed and his stick position, guys. If you watch the game, like I know he's great with the puck and all these extra things, but to be a defenseman in the NHL these days, you need foot speed and you need good positioning and your stick positioning. And you watch him go, this guy, he cuts off the angle so well, and his stick will go from one area to another to cover the, the passing lane or the shot lane, and he just – He's thinking the game so well, and he's got the physical attributes to support it. So uh, this guy staying here is not a surprise to me. I've said from preseason that he should be here. Uh, It's nice to see that the Blues are are following through with that, and they're letting the young guy play. And now they're going to have some tough decisions when J-Bo gets back. I don't think it's that tough. I think Prosser goes down to wherever it is what it is. And I think Gunnarsson probably, he's had a good season, so I can't be too hard on him. But Gunnarsson and Bortuzzo become the the revolving door there for the sixth defenseman, and you got to keep done going here. I, uh, do you guys see that there's a rumor the Blues offered some guy out of the KHL? Oh, or the Ruski there, yeah. Yeah. What what do you make of that? Is this simple? This it's a good idea. Third, fourth line type guy come in. They need more scoring. Yeah. Okay. As good as the the one line's doing, they need more. So if they can bring in a guy that could possibly provide 15 to 20 goals before the end of the season. Like, God, that's a lot these days. So uh, now the wild card is he's at, what, 36 years old. He's played <laughs> in the Russian League. He doesn't know how to play the NHL didn't game. Did he play last year? Didn't he get didn't No, he, get he sus- played last year. He got suspended. suspended for a bit. Something on the doping thing, which, like, guys, you don't even want me to go down that road. I mean, <laughs> I played in Russia, and it's a goddamn disaster over there. I, I'll tell you a quick story. This is where it all starts. Oh, right? I'll tell you a quick story. Tell a story. i got to tell the story because it's really that fantastic. 
I'm playing in Russia, and as you guys know, I'm on a team where not one guy speaks English. So I walk around. Including you. (laughs) It's a second language, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I walk around the room almost every morning just shooting the shit with guys, and they're staring at me like I got a third head because they're like, holy fuck, what is he talking to us for? Like, we don't even know English. And it was just a way to stay kind of sane. Well, there was this, like, broom closet, I'll call it. It's a janitor room. And that's where our doctor, doctor, worked out of, right? <laughs> doctor. Doctor, do- doctor. Doctor with air quotes. Uh, I swear he was sweeping the floors when we left there. But he had guys hooked up to these IVs or whatever the hell they were. And he had them laying around in this janitor's room, hooked up with this shit going into their bodies. And then every other guy would come walking through there, and he'd give them a needle that was like the length of your index finger, like in the backside. He'd be like, wham, and shooting guys up. And he looks at me, and he's like, you know, come. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) First of all, it was like a rusty needle. He didn't even change the goddamn needle out. Like, it's like he give a little wipe like that was good enough, you know, <laughs> kind of like your kids after they go play in the dirt and they wipe their hands on their pants and then try to eat. Like, that's kind of what I'm looking at. And he's like, vitamin. I'm like, what vitamin do you shoot? Like, what? I'm watching these Russians stand up and, you know, they're leaving. They're going. <laughs> <laughs> they're like horses. They got acne the size of tennis balls on their back. I'm like, something tells me this isn't the vitamins that I need in my life. Rivs holds up his Red Bull and says, I'm good, Keith. Yeah, I was like, if you got a couple of Sudafed, maybe a coffee, I'll take it. But yeah, so this Russian doping thing, um, nothing against Russians, because I do know so many that are awesome people. But that's how they did it for so long. And I don't know what the hell they were shooting them up with. I mean, you can just you could say, oh, they're juicing them up. But. It probably was a little more complex than that, but I guarantee whatever it was, was not supposed to be in the human body. And let alone the fact that you go, oh, I'd have half of your DNA and his DNA and all this. And, and the janitor is sitting there sharpening his needle before we get in there. So it was, it was interesting. So yeah, this guy got uh, nailed for, uh, for doping of some kind. So better, he must've spent some time in the janitor's You room. better be careful talking about your Russian days. Cause I, I the, you know, they might be listening. No, they might be yeah. the, it, right now. They're, they're looking for you. I think still, well, they, aren't they? They are still looking for me. <laughs> um, which yeah, they, they are. <laughs> yeah. You'd be careful. I don't I want anybody showing up here in trench no. coats and uh, you're gone. But no, they trust me. It, they're well aware of, uh, <laughs> Some of the goings on over there. It's not a big secret. When you got teams that are being banned from Olympics and world championships, it's really not much of a secret. It's anymore. not a secret anymore. So, um, so Todd, I know, like I said, you're a big fan and you have thoughts and opinions. This is your opportunity to maybe pick the brains of a couple of experts sitting. T- I'm not looking at me, of course. The careful, guys, careful the guys with the large, the one guys, over there. the guys to your left. So, to go ahead and take this opportunity if you have a couple things you want to hit with them. Well, I'd like. To- Kimball's opinion on uh, oh, if God. the need for <laughs> Thornburg is still still needed. I mean, I look at a guy like Yaskin and a couple of the guys, you know, pay Harvey on the third line. It's more fourth line guys, and our fourth line is kind of dinosaurish, you know, with the old guys and the slower, and it's not the fast pace. Is there still a need for that guy? I, you know what, I think I think the guy's getting. Uh, I, I think he's getting a bad gig because I. Ryan Reeves was here, and I and I, I take lots of shit on Twitter about this, but I stick up for Ryan Reeves big time because Ryan Reeves could skate, he could hit, he was a game changer, he did that. 
Thorberg, he's a different type of hockey player. He's he's, he's not the guy that's going to – he's not going around. He doesn't get the speed that Reaver's got. He, he's not creating that. He, he reminds me more of a guy back in our time was he was there to do a job and he would do his job. And the game's changing on him. Um, but the fourth line on the Blues now, you got to remember, they're playing a big part here because Yost plays them all. He goes with all these guys and your penalty killers are there. But I, I, I'm sort of watching what's going on and I see him out there and – and I, I'm not going to knock anyone's ice time because it's you know it's, it's a hard gig to get at, but it's it's almost like he's the type of player that would have done better in my time as opposed to now this time. But because he's not re- he's he's not replacing Ryan Reeves. I don't care what anyone says because he was the guy that would change it just on hits, not what Thorberg's going out there trying to fight. And and that's what he and it's hard finding people right now. You know, you yeah no. Uh, look, you got to bring something to the table these days, and uh, you know Thorburn is a great team guy he's always been you know a willing combatant he's always been a willing physical guy uh is there a need for him in this blues lineup i don't see it i just don't see it i watch him play and the poor guy he's it's a combination of things right it's the fact that they're not giving him the opportunity to play like real minutes and then the fact that he's not able to play as well as he can in the minutes that he's being provided right now. So it's like a deadly combination that's happening. And, you know, are they going to get rid of him? I don't think so. I think he's a guy you you keep on your team. He's a great leader. He's He is a big, tough, physical guy. Uh, you know, you got a couple of games coming up, maybe some back-to-backs where you need a, a, a big Clydesdale in the lineup. You put him in. He understands his role. He's old enough to know that he's not going to sit there and pout. And you know, I think he's probably pretty happy he's got a contract in this league right now. So uh, do I see him in the lineup every night? No. Do I see him as somebody that they absolutely need every night? No. Do I see him as a guy that can help the team just by being around it and, you know, being a good leader? Yes, I do. He, he's going to – you know what, though, Ribs? He's going to – and I I feel sorry for him. I, I walked down that road with this guy, and if you're in and out of the lineup, you're getting yanked out, you're getting put in. Uh, at least back when I played, uh, I could go fight someone because there was someone always on the other team, and I was go – that's – and that would help my confidence because if you do good in a fight, then you're, but you, hockey and sports and baseball, whatever you played, always revolves around confidence. And if you have good confidence and things are going your way, usually your game plays at the top level. If you're if shit's going downhill, usually everything starts standing. Like there was times when I was playing in Chicago for, for Daryl Sutter, I was in and out of the lineup. I get stuck in the lineup. I go to fight Rob Ray, and he he won't fight me, and I get a penalty, and they score on the damn thing. So I'm I'm sitting well here. I'm sitting in the fucking box for. In the, in the stands for four more games because of this mm-hmm. guy doing this, you know. And that's just everything starts rolling downhill on the poor bugger. So he's he's in a tough spot. Um, people th- want him to be Ryan Reeves. He's not no Ryan Reeves. And I, I think he's going to have a hard time going for it. The way Yo's playing this team and this team's playing, it's it's going to be tough. So now the the bottom six have literally produced nothing for the Blues at this point. Um, you know, we saw the young kids in training camp, the Costins, the Tage Thompsons. All of a sudden, all those have been escorted out to the the minors, and we're watching the same names, the same guys do the same things. Is it the veteran presence that Yo's looking for? Just an even keel. I'm not gonna, you know, risk getting scored on my third and fourth line. That the young kids aren't here trying to progress. Well, right now he doesn't have to rush things, right? Like he's got the luxury of only having two losses. And the top two lines are producing top the top lines producing in spades, right? So he doesn't have to go looking for that secondary scoring so much in the third and fourth line. What he needs them to do is just their job, right? 
continue to keep the energy, shut down the other team, make sure that they're playing good minutes, hard minutes, difficult to play against. As the season progresses, yes, we're going to have to find somebody who can chip in on the third line. Now, that being said, uh, you do have a guy in Patrick Berglund. Okay, he, he did score 20 goals last year. If he can come back at any point this year and even go double digits and get 10 goals, that'll be a plus. Um, you know, we're missing Robbie Fabry, and that was going to be a huge part of this lineup. He, now you have Robbie Fabry in the lineup, and now you have somebody that has to drop to that third line, even if it's Fabry. And now you got a little bit more offensive power there. Uh, so without him, it kind of screws things up, and maybe that's why they're talking to this Russian guy. You know, maybe he is the guy that can come in and put up, like I said, 15 goals for the team. And then couple that with Berglund, who goes at center, and he gets 10 goals. And then throw somebody else on the wing on the other side. Maybe a Payarvi just for the speed. You know, now you've got a third line that is, you know, not too bad. Um, I think until they can do that, it's going to kind of stay the same. Because there's really, really no offensive threats in the bottom six forwards. They're just steady players. And, and you know, I, I I like I like the way they're doing things right now. I think uh, there's an old saying, and Rizzle, when you grow up, the Montreal Canadiens used to put their young kids, throw them in the minors to learn the game of hockey, and they were taught the game of hockey, and then they get brought up like Patrick. Wall, they all go through the process. So the Blues right now have the luxury of doing that, but sitting those guys down there, letting them learn this game of hockey at, at the pro level, seeing what's all going on, evaluating them as they're coming through there to see if they earn. You know what? If you have to earn something, you respect it more once you get there. And I think that's what they're – the Blues are in a good situation. they got all these young kids coming through the process. And I think if they keep on this, you know, it's only going to go upwards because they got a lot of young talent coming. And if you want to rush that, you know, they could be like – we've just lost a couple. Uh, first, like, who are the two guys that uh, we just lost last year to uh, free agency? They're not even in the NHL anymore. Um, Oh, uh, Nate, uh, oh, Yakupov. Yakupov. No, they were two young kids that were drafted here. Oh, uh, oh, oh Ty uh, Ratty. Ty yeah. Ratty. See, they're not even around here. And, 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 you know, there's a process, so you put them through the minors, and maybe they make it, maybe they don't, but at least they're going through the process. And if they don't work here, then you move them on somewhere else. But I like the way the Blues are going in this direction, though. Yeah, so, and don't be, you know, don't kid yourself here. As we approach Christmas – and after Christmas, like, we might see Tage Thompson back in the lineup up here. We might see Sammy Blay in the lineup. Like, they might be ready then. And if they are, like, you know, Barbashev, maybe he he gets back on the scene. And now you've got three young guys that maybe are contributing in the second half of the season. So I wouldn't rule anything out right now. I think things are going well for the Blues, so you're not going to disrupt things too much. Um, see how those guys do and how they progress in the minors, and then see what your guys do here. And then once you get Berglund back, and you know, can, you kind of let your team form itself. And then when you got to make decisions, you do so after Christmas. I'll uh, Butch. I'll leave you with this as you leave us. Did you ever think you'd miss Patrick Berglund? No, because uh, I know you aren't the biggest fan, but you'd take him right now, third line center, wouldn't you? There you go. Yeah, definitely. The thing I would no, I would, over, you, I would try I to over Sunquist any day of the week. What's that? <laughs> over Sunquist any day. Nah, of the week. get him out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I'd go ahead. I'd go ahead and turn that four point five million over. Get a little yeah. bit of cap room God, and uh, see what guys, you can get back guys. for him and maybe a Gunnarsson. Yeah, look at hey, I agree. Oh, that's Smart a great call. idea. Good call. No, oh, that's a great idea. It Good is. luck. It is. Yeah. Good luck. It's the is. hard part. It's not going to happen. I think Ribs is drinking with him at night. That's no. what I think he wants him here. No, Kimby. Let's I don't, be, be serious I don't, for a I, second. Being, I don't like the guy. That's <laughs> I know, but I can't get <laughs> any more serious again, than that. I, I can't try to tell you No, you're not. Enough. No. <laughs> is that 
as a GM. Good luck getting rid of it. Oh, getting rid of him. For what? Yeah. I think he could get and rid of him. And he put up 20 goals last year. Him. If he could come back and put a couple numbers in the way, you get rid of him. I think Vegas, maybe a team like Vegas could take well, him or po- something. Like possibly, but still, guys, I'm telling you, the trades just don't happen like they used to. If you could get rid of them, though, you got to go. But most teams are up against the cap. So bringing yeah. on 4.5 or whatever it is. It's like, 3 9, isn't it? I thought it was Didn't more he, than that. He signed yeah. an extension where it was like a team, no, it was a team friendly deal, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> It's obviously sour candy. That well, we'll eating. see what happens with Mr. Berglund. Um, uh, we're going to do a little switch out here. But on the way out, Butch, I'm going to ask you this question. You know, Jamie, I, I know you're familiar with Synergy Hockey and everything he's doing. Can you imagine a doing the things? Like, you know, with, with uh, Clayton Keller coming to town, it's one of Jamie's kids. And, you know, he always looks like a dad when this kid's, you know, he's in the NHL and local kid doing well. There's a bunch of local kids. But as good a player as you were, can you imagine if you'd have had something like that when you were a kid, just basically on the ice almost every day with, with guys that played in the league and, and doing this? I mean, it's amazing stuff. Yeah, what what we're doing in St. Louis nowadays, progressing our younger players, is, is really amazing. And I would have loved to have that opportunity back then. But, you know, that's called evolution. You know, the, the technology's better. The, the people from St. Louis, you know, that are staying around and helping like Jamie and Darren and some of the other coaches, that's all part of a long process that we talked about earlier in the show. And I'll tell you the truth, the kids of St. Louis are the ones benefiting from this for sure. Well, it's good stuff. And like I said, Synergy Hockey is, is such a major supporter of everything that goes on here in town. Jamie, obviously, you've got a lot to do with that. Um, couldn't do the show without them. Um you know, we, we do appreciate everything you do, and, and we'll let you tell the listeners where they can find it. We don't want to forget our friends, the Nelson, the, Nel- the great Nelson family, who's so involved in youth hockey that uh, their kid plays with, with your boy, Darren. NelsonLandservices.com. Can't say enough about the work that they do. Five-star locally rated landscaping company doing professional landscaping at reasonable cost. We want to encourage you guys here in the St. Louis area to give them a call. 636-244-5651. You've probably seen a lot of their work if you've been down to the Ozark, some of those beautiful homes down there with the massive landscaping. I can almost promise you that's probably their work. If you are in that Ozark area, you have a house down there or something, you're going to want to give them a call there, 573 573- 392-9993. Their big ask of you, and, and this is why I, I think a lot of them, and, and they're very confident in the work that they do, all they're really asking us is to ask you is to check them out at nelsonlandservices.com. Once you see the pictures and what they do, you guys will be really impressed. And, again, um, our St. Louis Youth Report, and we've talked a little bit about some of the things that went on here in the community. Jamie, the stuff you're doing at Synergy, um, tell our listeners where they can go and see what's going on there right now. Yeah, you can go check out uh, everything at SynergyHockeySkills.com. We actually just released uh, a couple of Black Friday camps that are coming up. Uh, We've got one that's going to happen at the Ice Zone, uh, at the Mills Mall, uh, and also one at the Pacific Arena. So hopefully it gives uh, parents a chance to get out, do some shopping, uh, get away from the kids for a few hours, and at the same time, kids get out and get to play some hockey, get better, and have some fun. So uh, go to SynergyHockeySkills.com. We've got the Black Friday camps up, and probably in the next couple weeks we'll have the holiday camps listed as well. That was a good deal, right, Butch, when, when your boy played? Drop him off somewhere and, and then get, get the hell out of Dodge and let somebody else handle him for a while? <laughs> yeah, that, that was the way to go right there. You could get your Christmas shopping done and he get uh, some expert tutelage and and Dad gets a little free time. <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate you being on today. And let me thank you on behalf of the show. I know, like I said, I was telling the guys, I, I can't get on one of the Facebook pages and see a post about the Blues and you're not in there. And I've seen you numerous times say, a conversation will come up and you'll be like, hey, you should check out Blues NHL podcast. These guys talked about this very thing. 
and you know we appreciate your support very much i know you've invited a lot of friends to like our stuff so thanks man we appreciate it and uh you know anytime you want to come back on talk blues hockey it's nice to you have to bring your dad one time man love to talk hockey with him sometime yeah i appreciate you guys having me it's been a blast all thanks. right man hey, appreciate nice having you having me. hey thanks all right. Woo! Arr, arr, arr. while we're doing a little change out here um i'm gonna let you guys take a look ahead i know uh you uh you got your boy clayton keller coming to town arizona They've obviously struggled. What can we expect, you think, uh, from that from that game coming up here? Well, you know, a team that's struggling like that, it's always dangerous, right? Because at some point they're going to hit their stride. And they have enough players or enough pieces in, in the mix right now that they can be dangerous. So uh, Clayton Keller, who, uh, you know, <laughs> he's been fantastic. This guy has been on fire since the drop of the puck to start the season. And he's leading all rookies in scoring. He was the rookie of the month for October. Uh, in talking to Rick Tockett, uh, you know, he's amazed at this kid. He's like, every day something that he does, it, it amazes me. And, you know, he's a kid that he's described as real competitive. He wants the puck on his stick. He wants, you know, he wants the ball when the game is on the line. So, uh, you know, they're heading in the right direction. They got Max Domi. They got Derek Steffen. Um, good defenseman, Yalmerson is there now. So they've got some pieces here that are going to come together. I think they'd like better goaltending overall right now and maybe a little more scoring from other guys. But, uh, you know, the future does look bright for Arizona, and at some point they're going to turn it around. And really it's up to the Blues to make sure that it's not tonight here at Scott Trade that they start to turn it around. Kimball, how, do, how, how does a team not look past a team like this? I mean, I'm, you guys have both played in the league for many, many years. You've went through this exact scenario where you are you know who's in the locker room across from you, and on paper it should be a white wall. I mean, how do you not look past a team yeah, like this? I don't know if it's going to be a white wall because they're not getting – some of these games lately they're not getting blown out of. I think they're coming around – like the Keller kids, this, this guy's a story on his own because of all the kids that got drafted in the first round there, this is the one they don't really know about. And this is the one that – if you go talk to Jeff Brown and these guys, this is the one that was the guy sort of carrying that team at the he time. He was the best player the in best the country player. every year. Yeah. And he, Brownie and I were talking about it last night. Every year growing up, this kid was the best player in the country, and every time there was a new level, right, like, oh, well, the hitting's going to start. He's too small. It's, you know, It'll yep. catch up to him. It didn't. Then the next step is he's going to the national program. Well, he's playing junior hockey now against the best players in North America, and uh, you know, it's going to catch up to him. He went on to break the record for points there. He got committed to BU. Well, he's not going to be able Those are men now that he's playing against. Yep. He went there and was, what, rookie of the year for their conference or whatever, and now he's in the NHL leading the league in scoring for rookies, and he's right up there for the main players. So this is a kid that – He's he's the real deal, guys. He's going to be good. He's going to continue to succeed. And so where you're going with this team that you're coming into, so they're young, so they're going to be full of piss and vinegar. They're going to run all over the place. They're going to they're going to max your or meet your uh, energy level here. I'll guarantee you that. Talk the way he played the game. He's going to have them going. But you know the Blues. If you, you never know if you get into one of these referees, they start sticking it up. You know you know what you get a bunch of penalties. These guys could bury it and damn gonna... refs. <laughs> Look at Todd back there. <laughs> but you know you get into one of those games, you know, everything goes. They could go south on you, but so they got to be ready to play. Did you guys all see though what I was talking about when he was talking about Clayton Keller, the dad come out of him like the 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 proud dad moment. You can tell he probably spent time with this kid on the ice since he was a little one there, no doubt about it. Well, the one thing that he's always wanted to do is Clayton Keller's always wanted to be the best. 
if we had kids on the ice that were three, four, five years older than him, he wanted to be better than them. Like he would do it and do it and do it until he was as good, if not better than them at doing it. And so it's amazing when the common thing or common theme, when you look at these greatest players in the game is everybody says, oh my God, they, they just worked so hard and they just wanted it so bad. Well, Clayton Keller is that kid. He really is. He never wanted to be second in anything. He always wanted to be the best and shit, look where it's got him now. Well, I want to take this chance now to uh, get our second guest on the show here today. Um, a little bit of a backstory here. So uh, my son plays baseball for one of the programs in St. Louis, and um, I'm sitting at a, a, a game, I don't know, a couple months ago maybe, and they've got some new guys that are going to be with us next year kind of coming in at the end of the year. And I'm standing there, and this, this guy's talking in front of me, and he, he just sounds like he's fun, like a fun guy, right? And, and I like to have a good time. So I just start kind of chatting with him, not even realizing who he was, and Come to find out our kids are on the same team, and uh, we get to talking, and, you know, what do you do? What do I do? And, and his name's Randy Green, so let's welcome him into the show here. Hey! Arr, arr, arr. So, Thank you, to, so to finish the story, um, <laughs> he starts saying, well, what do you do, and what do I do? And, and uh, I tell him, and he says, I, I tell him what, I, believe it or not, I actually tell people I know both of you in, <laughs> in public. And he says, I used to watch both those guys play hockey. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, man, I love the blues and this and that. And I said, oh, okay, well, this and that. And. He says, you know, I'm going to listen to this. So he listens to the shows and everything, and then he comes back to me and says, well, do you know what I do? And I said, no, I don't. And he tells me, well, I, I own multiple companies, but basically everything revolving around construction, whether it be heating, cooling, construction, plumbing. I mean, you're doing everything, um, electrical. And he says, you know, I've been looking for an outlet to get my brand name out there. And he says, you know, I used to love watching those guys. They're down-to-earth guys. I listen to your show. You guys, you know, you're open, honest. That's exactly what I'm looking for. So... He said, hey, I'm interested in getting my name out there through your show. And I said, you really want us promoting you? <laughs> he said, no, absolutely. Um, but everything he told me was absolutely true. And, and, he, and he did say, you're going to want to deal with my daughter on this, though. And I could absolutely see why she's here with us in the studio today, too. She's definitely the brains of this outfit. Now, he's the experience. <laughs> but she I'm is not going to go there. The I don't know yet. You know, we got him on the mic, but... <laughs> I'm just saying, probably going to lean towards that. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he said, you got to come to the office and you'll meet my daughter. And then when I met her and talked to her, I figured it out real quick. But hey, <laughs> let's get Randy in here. Randy, thanks for, uh, A, number one, I, again, thank you for wanting to be a part of our show and, and build the brand of your company. Not that, my uh, I mean, I mean, you've done a great job building that brand for many, many years. But obviously, just being a fan of, of just sports in general, I know obviously your son's a baseball player and he played football and everything else. But you said you're a big hockey fan and, you know, used to go back in the day and take a few back and and yeah yeah oh yeah yeah i used to watch jamie fly around like a rocket ship on the ice and i used to watch darren beat up people <laughs> so i had a lot of fun with both of them yeah and uh you know it was there was a lot of great years to watch him play and and jamie rivers was an animal out there the guy was skated hard played hard and Darren just went out there and just started beating on people. Man, you know? I like this guy. And, can you be my and agent? Darren, Darren could play. Darren hey? could play, too. Uh, you so. can be my agent. Yeah, I was Shit. very excited. Have you been called animal you much in your life? I don't know. Animals. Well, quite a bit, but we don't talk about <laughs> it. <here. laughs> That's a different kind of show. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's thank great. you, honestly, for, yes. uh, from the three of us, and Darren can speak for from himself. From an old well, guy like me, I used to have a lot of fun watching you guys play. You, got, know, you got to watch it back exactly in the good who you are. And I just have one statement to make, if we could, about the Blues. Oh, no. Sure. Is, yeah. uh, Stage something is yours, that sir. I've noticed, uh, I've watched them and been disappointed for many years. I used to get my heart broken 
broke a TV, threw something through a TV, <laughs> through a playoff game, especially double overtime loss oh. against Detroit. Yes. Uh, Eisenman, uh, Steve Eisenman scored from the blue line, mm. if you remember. Oh, yeah. I was and there. It oh, was we a remember. heartbreaker. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I thought for sure. I'm still that, in therapy. Okay. Right. Right. But, you know, it was a terrible thing. But one thing I see this year and, and what I've seen that I didn't hear anybody mention in the show yet is that this team is skating 60 minutes now. They're carrying the puck. They're conditioned. They look like they you, – you don't get panicked with them in the third period anymore. If they if they got a two-goal lead, you don't get panicked. You, you, you feel that they have the ability to come back. And something that really stands out with that team is they're, they're playing as a team and they're skating the full 60 minutes. They're not dumping the puck. They're carrying the puck in, and they're and, and they're trying to score goals. Remember the old Blues dump and grind, dump and grind. Hope that something happens. Yeah. And and sometimes good things happen, others other times not. So what I'm seeing with this team is they're carrying the puck, and they're playing a full 60 minutes. That's why I see them being very successful this year if they can maintain that. And only you you guys would know that because I know it's grueling. That game's got to be grueling. You guys get beat up. You get hit. You don't see things. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Well, that's why, you know, when we talk about depth in the lineup, that's why it's so important nowadays to have the four lines, to have 60 or 7 healthy D, even if he's not in the lineup, so you can keep this energy that you're talking about because – you know, the nowadays, they don't call it energy. They call it pace, right? Oh, they play with pace. Well, energy is pace. It's all the same shit. But, yes, they are. They got their foot on the gas, and they go, and they go, and they go. And kind of to hit back on what we were talking about earlier, like when they're ahead in a game or they're behind by a goal in a game, like they just keep pushing. They just keep pushing. And you're right. It does give us the feeling that they're not just going into a shell trying to just hold on for dear life. It gives us the feeling like they want it. And I think hockey. it's a They're mindset, right? Like the coaching change has been great in, in many ways, but I think the best way to describe it is it, it changed their mindset. And they brought in Mike Yo, who's an energetic kind of guy. They brought in Craig Berube, who is a no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is guy. And they brought in Daryl Sador, who's an extremely successful defenseman, and he played the game a lot like the game is played now. He was ahead of his time. He moved the puck, jumped into play, did all that stuff. So the combination of the coaching staff with the players that they have and the energy that they're playing with, you're right, it does give me a lot more confidence watching them. You know, um, listening to you talk about what's going on now and, and the fact that you used to watch these guys, you know, don't you kind of miss the old days, though, like we were talking about? And, and again, I, I can remember I, – I remember the first time I ever saw Darren play. You and I were saying how much fun it used to be at the old arena. Oh, yes. And we'd, we'd go to the hill either before the game and then after the game, and, you know, it was so close. I, you know, those were the days, you know, yes, and you think, about, you think about it now. And, and while the, 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 the new arena is beautiful and it sits down there, that's the only thing I miss, schmeezings across the street and all <laughs> that kind of stuff. I mean, those, those were your, your heydays. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Schmeezings was uh, – was the place to go after the Blues game, and they stayed open till 3 a.m. and it was it was on. The Blues win. Every, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was it party won. time. It was party time at the Blues one. Yeah. yeah. But the rules now and everything else that's going on with the game seems to be taken away from the game. I mean, these guys were these you know the guys fit, getting physical. I mean, yeah. Darren. I, I mean, the guy was an animal. I mean, he, he was a complete animal out there and. These guys don't get the chance to do that. And at Ryan Reeves now, you know, as you mentioned, I, I'm not 
a very educated hockey guy, but it's just for me watching for so many years. But that guy is a complete player. Yep. And he makes the big plays. He hits the guys at what he's allowed to do. And the thing the game's taken away from, yeah, sure, we're, we're not promoting violence. And I don't think hockey is promoting violence. And the reason is it's a contact sport. If somebody gives you a cheap shot, Jamie, are you going to take it? No. I'm Darren not. will come out and beat his brains <laughs> You know what I mean? No. So, I agree 100%. Yeah. The so, game I mean, has contact lost sport. some of its identity, in my opinion. You know, like they talk about, well, well, we don't like it's a, the black smudge on the game because of this. Well, if you look back to like the 30s and the 40s, like guys were clubbing each other over the <laughs> head with the stick, right? So the game did evolve to where at least we weren't doing that anymore. At least we're just punching each other in the face. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know. I, as if you listen to the show, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the way the game is headed with in regards to that, I think there still should be some accountability physically, and I think you should be able to dominate a game physically. So uh, I'm with you on that for sure, and I don't know, Kimby? You know, it's, it's kind of funny, but I I was just up in Chicago this weekend with my uh, – we were up at a tournament. You are at the same tournament. There's a different age level, obviously. And I'm walking through the rink, and uh, Bobby Hall was sitting there <laughs> signing autographs. So I went – you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I had a picture with Bobby on there, and I said one of the best of all time, whatever – but I always sit there and I look at these old, the old players that come before me, like Bobby. I, I knew Bobby because I played with Brett, and you know, I, I, we went out and we drank one night, and it and it's amazing. I walked up to the man, and he he knew who I was right away, and I, it just makes you f- it makes you feel important when someone recognizes who you are, you know. And I'm watching Bobby, and he sat there for the man <coughs> sat there for five hours and signed autographs. Yeah, I he's go, amazing. I go, that's just what kind of that's what kind of the old school type of hockey that that's what we were all about it was that's that's the guys joining with the fans and back in the day that's you know we were more fan friendly i would think and it was just a what well, the old school shit was going you on you talk about that and the autograph thing for sure yeah. 100% but and i'm sure you know you may have heard stories and you may know personally from seeing me in, in action <laughs> at times but like after a big win here in st louis like i was freaking pumped up to get to the bar yep and have drinks with the fans and shoot the shit and celebrate. Like, because I always felt like, especially in St. Louis, I always felt like we're all in this together, right? Like, it's not just our team and we walk around with our noses up in the air. No, like, we're a part of the community. At least that's the way I felt. And so yeah. we, we knew that as fans. But oh, very much. We did. If it was a big win, we knew you guys were coming out. I mean, just, we were just trying to guess which bar. Like, there were two or three bars. Yeah. And, I mean, we'd go from bar to bar till we found because you guys would – have a beer and talk to people, and and people respected you too. They didn't come up to you and try to be ignorant and all this kind. Of, no, it was no, it was no. a great time. It yeah. was good stuff. I love doing it. You you, know, you throw back three, four, five beers. Come on, keep going. More. <laughs> keep going. A couple of whiskeys. I mean, I'm just saying. But uh. you know, you become <laughs> you become acquainted with the fans and your supporters and like shit. Like I said, like I've always had this mentality of like we're in this together. And so why not celebrate together? And I always love doing that. To me, that's yep. the biggest thing is, you, you know, you can't do that anymore. You don't see it as much anymore. Well, uh, if, just in your voice, what you we can hear is that you're an old school guy, Randy. Passionate, um, too. Passionate, ra- old school guy. Very much so. um, As I've learned more about you, that's where your work ethic has come from, uh, getting to know you and all the things that you're involved in. But your company, Innovated, your Innovated Companies, that's and, and we'll be highlighting three of them here on the show as making them a part of our weekly... Um, if people do business with Innovated, what can they expect? What they can expect from our company is that we're very uh, quality-oriented. Um, that's something that I've, I stress with all of my companies. I go around and I look at all the projects. I deal with the customers directly. 
not just some guy walking around in a suit, you know, thinking he's a salesman and sell you something and you don't never see him. Uh, we strive on quality first off. Uh, the reason why I started these companies and mul- multiplied the different trades is to be able to be cost effective on the commercial industry and to be able to, to bring my jobs in on budget and on time. So it, 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 took a, it took a lot of process to put this all together. It was not overnight. There was all kinds of, of you know, administrative things that we were learning along the way. But after about five years of this, I finally think we got it right. <laughs> after five years. Takes a while, years. man. Yeah. Takes right. a while for it sure. It does. Well, it takes a while to build something. Yeah, no offense. I don't see you as a suit guy. I see you I'm more not. as a yeah, <laughs> jeans. No, no I'm not. I like Coley blue jeans <laughs> yeah. and dirty Quite shoes. honestly, if a guy in a suit shows up to my site, I, I'm going to be a little sketched out on that guy. I want a guy who looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of this comes from your father, though, right? Yes. My father was in the construction business in the 40s and 50s. Wow. And I started when I was eight years old. And my father gave me one choice when I was eight. He said, you're old enough now. Eight. <laughs> you eight got some choices old. to make. I, this is a, this I love is a it. true story. He told me, which way, what are you going to work, the front or the back side? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, the summer. You're not sitting home all summer. You're not playing. He goes, you're going to work half your summer or the front part of your, uh, your school vacation or the back side in the summer. So I had to work. <laughs> Half the year, all the way at eight years old. And then I got into all kinds of different investment things and developing, land developing. And what I'm finding out now, being involved in all this, is a lot of people out there get involved in buying properties and trying to make, you know, investment properties, and they don't have a clue. There's so much that goes into this. Land cost, land development, uh, all your utilities, all your zoning, all your zoning ordinances. There's so much that goes into this. And what we're specializing in now is design build projects to where we have our architectural firm sit down with the client. We do a rendering of whatever we're doing, whether it's residential or commercial, and we'll be able to give them a budget before they spend all this money. I get all these clients all the time that bring drawings into my office ask me to provide them a price to build the project, and they have no clue what it costs. And they're half a million, two million, some of them as far as five million off budget. So they look at you, wow. and they've spent two or $300,000 on engineering and plans, and they have no, there's no way they can build it, period, because they don't have the resources. So I have, that happens probably 30% of the time, seriously. Wow. So... We're going to be getting into the design build a lot more to where we can we have the experience in land developing. I've done a ton of it, built my own subdivisions, uh, condominiums, work on a lot of hotel projects. So we're going to work with the bigger guys that have the resources, but we're going to work for them up front so they understand their cost going in rather than get sticker shock. If you're going to go buy a Ferrari or a Lamborghini and some guy tells you it's 200000 and then when you go to write the check, it's 500000 500, what are you going to do? You're going to put your checkbook back in your wallet, uh, Jamie get your buys car, anyway. and leave, right? Jamie's got two of them. He buys them anyway. Right. Anyway. <laughs> none, of that, none of that fancy shit for me. Pickup truck. So that's, that's the experience level I have of 36 years in this around this, and it's working real well for us with the multiple companies. 
and now the land development and all this stuff, we're getting a lot of investors that want to sit down with me and go over all the development stuff prior to them even buying the property. Because we have owners right now that bought a piece of property and they never did an environmental study on the property. Yeah. We've got dirty soil, we've got dirty houses, and it's gonna cost them another 100K to get it abated and get it remediated so we can knock it down and make it a, a clean piece of dirt. A lot more that goes into it there than is. people think. And they right? don't know this, <laughs> yeah. so they get hurt. Well, that's why they need a guy like you. And again, we're gonna, we're gonna do our best to, to get the word out about what you do, how you do it. Um, I know that you are attracted to, to working with these guys because you consider yourself 100% blue collar. Absolutely. Kind of like how these guys have, have gone through life and how they continue to do the stuff that they do. We appreciate it. Um, for our listeners right now, just for today, until you know, we're, we're going to put a bunch of great stuff together for you to remind people who you are and where they can go. What's the best way for people to learn a little bit more about innovative companies? Uh, to speak to my daughter, Stephanie. <laughs> I see. I knew it. I knew we were going to. So how do they get a hold of Stephanie? And is there a website and all that? Do we need to bring her up here for Bring this? up I Stephanie. Stephanie, come on up to the come mic here. here Thank you, gentlemen. All right, hey, we're going to get. We're going to talk to your daughter here for very a second. Much. Thank you. Appreciate your support. Thank you very much. No, no. Thank you, Randy. Now we're bringing in the brains of the operation. <laughs> the brains. <laughs> oh, boy. Stephanie. There we go. Stephanie, welcome to the show. And we're just going to take a quick minute here for you to tell our listeners, um, A, well, first off, let us thank you as well for all your involvement in this. And, and again, I, I, I you know, I'm, I've become friends with Randy, but I thank him for hooking me up with you because things got real organized once you got involved. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, that tends to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, so um, everybody can pretty much reach out to us. Um, so there's a couple different ways. So my email is ics.geninfo at gmail.com, or we have a website that's innovatedcompanies.com. It's really simple. Okay. Or they can call in directly, 314-423-4200. Right. And you and know what we'll do, too, is what's up? We'll, we'll make sure that those exact emails and website and mm -hmm. phone Get out on our Facebook and Twitter and all that today when awesome. we welcome you guys into the program on our social media front. We'll make sure that that information is attached. Great. Yeah, we're going to do some fun stuff with you guys throughout the course of the year. Um, you know, make some, some quick videos, clean videos, you know, all that good stuff. That'll, <laughs> things that you can share on social media. God, you never know where it's going to go in this room. you gotta, you got to preface what you say. We're so. sensitive again. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, we'll, we'll make sure we keep it clean. But we do appreciate it, yeah. um, you guys. And we're looking forward to working with you guys, hopefully um through us and we can help with your brand you help with ours because again exactly. i you're right blue collar guys right here and and hopefully we can spread that message for you but thank you and and again i i say this honestly your interest in us and the genuine interest and hopefully we'll do a good job for you guys so thank you so yeah, much we look forward to it thank yeah, you guys it's going to be great stuff awesome. thank you thank you very much well gents good show today i know you guys got to get out of here you've got uh regular regular lives to go live can't just live the podcast life can you no. 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 Look, look how busy they both look. <laughs> I'm like, you kidding me? It's always a rat race to get here and then get the heck out of here and get going again. No, but hey, good stuff, man. I appreciate you guys very much. Um, you know, we need that We need that win tonight. Uh, we didn't even talk about we got New, New York Islanders coming to town on Saturday. A um, couple games, I, man, things should just keep rolling for us, I hope. Fingers crossed. Um, looking forward to it, guys. Um, thanks so much for both you guys, Darren Kimball, Jamie Rivers. 
the real talent of the show, I always say. Couldn't do it without those guys. Special thanks to our new partners, Randy and Stephanie Green with Innovated Companies. We look forward to sharing their message with you guys. Couldn't do anything without NelsonLandSurfaces.com. Uh, they've been with us uh, really from the beginning, and we appreciate them as well. Our fan of the week, Todd Hennister, the butcher. Um, he's welcome in here anytime. Guy knows his hockey, that's for sure. Uh, lineupmedia.fm couldn't do it without them as well. Don't forget us, bluesnhlpodcast.com. Find us on Twitter, at STL Blues Podcast, at NHL Show. Hit us up on Facebook as well, Blues NHL Podcast. And, of course, on Instagram, Blues NHL Podcast Show. For everybody here at Blues NHL Podcast, let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.